Can we start the intro again? Yep. Welcome to the podcast. It's your parents watch this. Your parents watch this with Key and Beatty and Brad Semituck. I'm Key and Beatty. And I'm Brad Semituck. And this is the podcast where we watch movies your parents watched and then explain to you why your dad is fucked. This week, it's our post-election special. Joseph Biden got elected, and that's bad news for the free world, baby, because uh, welcome to communism town now. <laughs> and so this week, we picked a topical movie about welcoming to communism town. What's it called? It's called Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. You heard of it? I have. Hell yeah, baby. Made Only in- from you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard of it before this, to be honest. Yeah, I watched this on TV years ago and just always thought it was a dope-ass movie about teens rising up against socialism. Which, you know... That's inspiring. Very relatable to now times. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to have to do now that the fucking uh, Red Scare is happening just across the border from us. You know what the next Red Scare is going to be? What? When JT sends our boys down there to take over, (laughs) to usurp the White House, dude. (laughs) I think Canada should invade the U.S. right now. Yeah, you think we could make a move right now while they're scrambling? Yeah, I think While Trump's barricading the doors to the White House, (laughs) we can just sneak some troops across the border? I think we could burn it down again. (laughs) I think this is our only chance. I think that's how we should handle it. If Trump refuses to leave the White House, I say we burn it down (laughs) and build a new one. (laughs) Start again, baby. You could use a refresh. (laughs) Yeah, I... I mean, when's the last time that building got updated? I don't know. If I was the president, that'd be the first thing I'd do is start again with a much more modern look. <laughs> I'd paint the whole thing black. I, I, <laughs> I, I'd tear that uh, White House down and I'd build it and make it look like one of those new modern McDonald's. You know what I would do, actually, is I would separate all the rooms and then uh, rent out most of them. <laughs> I would turn it into an apartment building. <laughs> if I was the president, I would also instantly become a landlord. <laughs> That's a good opener. Let's uh, discuss the film now. From out of the sky comes the Cuban military, the Soviet military, and the Nicaraguan military in full force. They paratroop down into a football field of a high school, which seems like a weird target, but you'll get it in a second. (laughs) Instantly, they pull out machine guns and just shoot up the entire school, murdering everybody. Yeah, what the fuck did they think they were doing there? Like, did they just paradrop, and it's like a school in the middle of a field, and they're like, this is a high-ranking government building? Well, you you know they don't speak English, so they couldn't read the sign. They couldn't read the sign. They saw an American flag, and they just were like, fuck it. They were like, look at all these guys wearing Letterman jackets. That's the U.S. military if i ever seen it. It's army time, baby. (laughs) So they murder everybody, and then five uh, young jocks escape the uh, onslaught. Yeah, they were like tackling their way out of it. (laughs) They football tackle a bunch of Soviets with AK 47s and then run off into the mountains with hunting rifles to start the re revolution. Yeah, to start doing guerrilla warfare extremely (laughs) successfully for two hours. (laughs) Man, they start doing exactly what Vietnam did to the U.S. Oh, actually, holy shit, that is exactly what they did. Yep. That's this movie was just a reverse Vietnam. Oh my God, I didn't realize that at all. (laughs) The writer of this movie just took what happened in Vietnam, but made it so that we could root for us this time. Yeah, how about we whiten up Vietnam, baby? (laughs) That's what he said, and it was a good fucking impulse, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, I like it way better than regular Vietnam. Yeah. Much more relatable to me. The Ken Burns Vietnam documentary made me sad, but (laughs) this Vietnam documentary? This got me amped up to defend my nation and hang out in the mountains. I listened to Leonard Skinner for like six hours after this was done. I just kept saluting nobody. Just kept listening to Born in the USA on repeat, man. This was amazing. Yeah, it's a good flick, dude. I, uh... I'll say right off the hop, I think every teen should watch it. 
I agree. When I first watched it, my dad, he he dismissed it. My dad wasn't a fan of this movie when he was younger. Mm-hmm. He called it propaganda. It's not. I mean, it's what really would happen? <laughs> <laughs> but the first time I watched it, I w- just was like, no, this is just what I would do if I was faced in these con- you know, circumstances. You were like 12 years old. I was like, like 12 years old. I being would like, handle it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would shoot that guy in the head to conserve my ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I do think that teenagers would try in America. I think that there's some that would try. I mean, look at these fucking protests. Look at the Kyle Rittenhouses of the world marching off into war zones trying to handle business. To the best of their abilities. Is that the guy that got arrested for murdering a bunch of protesters? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this movie invented being alt-right with a machine gun. (laughs) It kind of did. I mean, like, this movie is so funny. Like, now that you, like, know what uh, the right-wing agenda is watching this movie (laughs) and seeing all the little fucking jabs they have at, like, leftists and disarmament is hilarious. Pretty sure Dick Cheney wrote this movie. Yeah, Dick Cheney was pulling the strings behind the production of this one much like he did during the iraq war (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah because i mean like the intro of it it, like that they have title cards as like post-apocalypse movies do and it was just like everything was fucked when the green party got into power (laughs) like the left one and then nato dissolved (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) mexico was plunged into revolution it's like why did fucking lowering carbon emissions make that happen (laughs) why did nuclear disarmament and a carbon tax (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Man, and it's so funny to watch like NATO dissolving after the left wins because really what happened was NATO dissolved like last year <laughs> after the right one. <laughs> I think we still have NATO. Yeah, we do. Yeah, right. But America doesn't. America's not in NATO. No, they got out of that shit. Are you sheer- serious? Or maybe they got out of NAFTA. NAFTA is what you're talking about. Can we make it NATO? It just makes the riff better. america wanted to get out of nato america just wanted to stand alone because that's how the thing ends it's like america stands alone and i feel like that just like gave everybody in the theater the hugest fucking boner well that started the whole america first movement like that's why you see people on twitter all day being like donald trump cares about america and nothing more (laughs) donald trump loves red dawn (laughs) (laughs) i think he watches this at breakfast every morning i think he watches it and keeps getting it confused with the news. He's like, is this what's happening out in Portland? (laughs) I knew this would happen. (laughs) These Democratic mayors can't run their towns. (laughs) Me and Charlie Sheen both called it. (laughs) Very smart man, Charlie Sheen, that Patrick Swayze. He's a good man. (laughs) All-American football player tackling the Soviets. That's exactly what I would have done. Dude, you have a better Trump impression than every late-night host. Thanks, bro. (laughs) <laughs> it just sounds like me, but more nasally. <laughs> yeah, we should make it the Jimmy Kimmel show starring Key and Beatty. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I should get a desk. I think, <laughs> I think that's what this show's missing, bro. <laughs> yeah, we need the, a desk and the roots. I just think that it would be funnier if we made this podcast progressively look more and more like Joe Rogan's setup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get a studio and a buckhead on the wall. Yeah, we'll get Imagine like. Imagine right here a deer antler. American flag <laughs> made out of antlers. <laughs> <laughs> all the stripes are deer antlers and all the stars are deer eyes. <laughs> all the red is real blood. <laughs> it's deer blood. 
<laughs> oh man let's start breaking down this plot <laughs> yeah i really like this movie because like it also uh, uh it gets going quickly because like it starts off and it's just they're fucking they show up to school mm-hmm. like the main guys of the plot of yep. the movie uh patrick swayze and friends the 34 year old high school student yep <laughs> um, they're just sitting in class and the teacher's like delivering a lecture and he's like wait a second and there's just soviets like touching down outside <laughs> like four minutes into this movie and soviets are setting up machine guns yeah the, and i want to talk about the teacher's lecture because he's describing genghis khan's uh, battle strategy right and he's like what they would do is surround you and then just massacre you and then by the time when Genghis Khan's army could see the rest of Genghis Khan's army, that's when he knew he won. And then instantly, <laughs> that's exactly what the Soviets yeah. do. And he just <laughs> like, like went outside like it's impossible that what I was just talking about in there could happen out here. It's like, are you calling them Mongols? <laughs> <laughs> because you had an oid to that and all of a sudden it gets offensive. Dude. Of course they're going to shoot you up, bro. You think that shooting up the school was a dire prediction of things to come? I mean... It happened in Colorado. What more do you want from me, bro? <laughs> Did this movie take place? I think this movie was in Colorado. That's what that review said. <laughs> Shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, yes, I do think this movie started school shootings. <laughs> I think that is probably problematic. I think if we make a progressive remake of this, uh, we need to have them shoot them at, like, football practice or something. Something a little less on the nose. Not at school. Shoot him at a party. I just think it's funny that, like, you know, fucking uh, 40 years ago, 30 years ago when this movie came out, we were like, no, only the Soviets would be capable of massacring people in a school. And it's like, no, (laughs) the next generation of Americans can do that, actually. It's like, no, it turns out that's, like, basically patriotism. Turns out that's literally baby shit. (laughs) Turns out we can do that since we're kids. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Americans... uh, but that's kind of like America fuck yeah moment, you know what I mean? Because like after <laughs> yeah. those, like adult Soviets did it, and then like a five year old <laughs> yeah yeah now a thirteen year old American can do it. A thirteen year old who had a bad day can do what the whole Soviet army did in Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> but the thirteen America only difference is the thirteen year old won. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> only yeah the thirteen year old went out on his own terms. <laughs> so they land. Uh, they interrupt the teacher's lecture very rudely, and then uh, what happens? They take over that? the whole school. They just fucking gun everyone down. A guy launches a rocket launcher into the hallway. You, like you were saying before, they have to tackle some Soviets on their way out. Then yeah. uh, No cops show up. Very telling of uh, what's going on in 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> police response time is like 45 years. These liberal police offices don't care about whatever. I Ed- think th- edit out that riff. <laughs> that's so funny cops are now a part of the radical left <laughs> yeah <laughs> cops are leftists now um <laughs> that's why i think we should defund them <laughs> that's why their response time is so fucking long <laughs> they're too busy uh making sure everybody feels ready <laughs> they're too busy making sure no one's too sad to go <laughs> um but yeah, and then uh, fucking Patrick Swayze just picks up his friends and fucking whisks them out of town. They like go to their dad's house at the edge of town, pick up some guns and stuff, and just head on into the forest. Which actually, now that I'm thinking about it, this is this movie is beat for beat what my dad's doomsday plan was. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's literal doomsday plan was we're going to get weapons and we're going to go into the mountains. It's like, okay, but this is just Red Dawn, bro. I think this movie started doomsday prepping. I think it did because like also if you watch doomsday prepper shows it's just like they're 
they always ask like so what are you prepping for and then it's just like a guy trying to like loosely describe the plot of red dawn just <laughs> being like just you know like a potential soviet land invasion of continental united states <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they always have the same fucking hunting rifle too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> man same like 1947 era truck yeah they've got fucking star wars hats and patrick swayze haircuts just trying to make it happen red dawn style yeah, <laughs> this movie invented doomsday prepping. Uh, I will say it's kind of f- I, I it, they when they like went to meet the guy's dad and pick up their guns, they just left the dad there. Like they really, the kids <laughs> really made no attempt at saving anybody. And even it, like once they like escaped that initial wave, it seemed pretty chill back there. Like they were able to kind of come and go as they pleased, <laughs> and they never once were like, "Hey, join our resistance force." They were just like, "Yeah, hey, we'll see ya. See yeah. you when we see ya." <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Remember, if you're red, you're dead. Anyway. <laughs> they just abandon their dad in the gas station. They do. That's <laughs> why my dad hates hanging out with uh, the grandparents, to be honest with you. With his grandparents? Or yeah. with your grandparents? This movie taught our parents that their parents are way too slow to keep up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They would not be able to survive the revolution. This movie is why every generation hates the last one. It's very indicative towards our attitudes about the elderly. What was the pissing in the radiator radiator sequence? Oh yeah, as they're uh, escaping the Soviets, their uh, their truck burns out or something like it gets it overheats, I guess. Yeah, because somebody was shooting a bazooka at them. Yeah, that'll happen. They had to drive through like tons of fire. The heat of the rocket can really fuck up your engines sometimes. And so these kids had to be resourceful, like you know we, us Americans are, right? And so the one kid is like, "Okay, buddy, you got to piss on my radiator." And uh, I think that's why doomsday preppers all drink their own piss. <laughs> it's like you still have running water right now, and they're like, I'm getting accustomed to it. Getting used Trying to, to build up a tolerance to my own piss so my body can process it like it's water. Getting used to the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like an unnecessary scene. He probably didn't have to piss on the radiator. You're probably right, but I'll tell you what. The next headliner who asks me to clean his windshield is getting a radiator full of piss also. (laughs) (laughs) Next comedian I work with who demands I clean his windshield. Yeah. You're going to have some yellow ice on that shit, dude. Yeah. I'll do it full service. (laughs) (laughs) I'll piss on your radiator and shit on your windows. (laughs) (laughs) And then demand that you pay me a fair amount. (laughs) Yeah, so like the kids are hanging out, out out in the forest right now, just trying to figure out what they're gonna do. And then uh, we like cut to the Soviet occupation, and there's like two kind of generals, I guess, that were, you know, we're, we always kind of go back to to yeah. cover the occupation of the fucking small town, uh, USA. But also like, what a dumb town to occupy. Like, yeah. imagine if Canada was invaded and or like Alberta, and they're like, "Yeah, we're taking the bastion of Red Deer." <laughs> it's we're not. It's a smaller town there. than that, dude. They're like, it's like if Canada was invaded, and they're like, Brooks is our headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a place you haven't heard of. We're taking Gibbons, and then we're moving eastward. <laughs> White Court, <laughs> base of operations. <laughs> Man, yeah, that that just pointless. Rules. But also, it's weird because like I don't know why you would even rebel. It looks like a very chill occupation. Everybody just still is doing whatever they want. Yeah, well, but I mean, they really came in guns ablaze. Now, <laughs> yeah, really killed about a third of the town, and the r- then the rest of them just fell into line. They massacred everybody, and then they were like, "Go to work." <laughs> I really like one of the uh, uh, occupying generals, though, because he's like, you can tell he's like kind of the second in command, and he's like, "Ah, uh, you know, I'm." B- 
I'm usually an insurgent. You know, you got to tell me what to do here. Like he's trying to figure <laughs> out how this uh, being a cop works. Yeah, his boss keeps asking him for advice, and he's like, "Listen, I'm a Cuban. I'm on the bro. other side of this. Yeah. every time. I'm a revolutionary. I don't know." Um, but they uh, they mention how like they were able to take over the town because this is America. People have guns. Mm. They should be able to defend defend themselves. Absolutely, as the Second Amendment would say. Yeah, you ever read that shit? That's why they haven't been taken over yet. I haven't read it, but I've had a lot of people yell it at me. Oh, I read it every morning. <laughs> I read all the amendments every morning. I just read the second and the fifth, the one where it says I can have a gun and the one where it says I don't have to tell anyone about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that what the fifth amendment is? Means you that's uh, when people say plead the fifth, it means like you don't have to talk unless you're in a court of law. Oh. Unless you have a lawyer representing you. I thought you were saying that the Fifth Amendment is that you're allowed to lie about having a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Second Amendment. Yeah, we had two more amendments before nobody wanted to tell you about their guns anymore. <laughs> Everybody was bragging about their gun from like 1762 to like 1835. Uh, we're like, okay, we got to amend this so people have to shut the fuck up about their guns. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it way too much. <laughs> 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 But they uh, so they mentioned like how 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 on earth they were able to take over this town from all these God fearing, gun loving citizens. Absolutely. And do you remember how they did it? I do not. They had a. They were like, oh, we'll just check the gun registry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go down to the sporting goods store and open their files. Yeah. See what the fucking liberals demanded we do to track guns. Yeah, that definitely is a right wing. I feel like that was a uh, a plot point paid for by the NRA. Like they just gave <laughs> them like a hundred bucks and we're like, hey, write that into the movie, please. <laughs> yeah. You mind uh, saying something like this? I mean, that's definitely problematic because that's what Joseph R. Biden's gonna do. He's going to make everybody register their guns twice. Yeah. One here and one in Soviet Russia. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to just give them a registry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that. We should spread that rumor around. We should start a right wing news outlet and be like, uh, <laughs> Joe Biden is giving the gun registry to foreign operatives. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden recently, that's what it was in Hillary Clinton's emails. Vladimir Putin knows how many pistols you have. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton's leaked emails just contained every American citizen and how much guns they <laughs> had. And she sent them all to the Cuban dictator. <laughs> <laughs> she emailed them to Fidel Castro. <laughs> oh, man, I love politics, dude. Politics is so dumb. You know what's <laughs> an underrated politics bit? What? Is, uh, you ever see the right-wing pages in Canada talk about how Justin Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking spectacular. Oh, that's line. a classic. And then you ask somebody why they think that, and they're like, look at how curly his hair is. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Pierre Trudeau was bald. His hair could have been like anything. <laughs> Justin Trudeau smoked a cigar once. Fidel Castro <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I, it's I, like, here's a picture of him on a beach. What else do you need? I, I, like, this movie is so accurate in its portrayal of America because the right-wing people are fucking stupid and insane, but also so are the left-wing people, and it's like everybody just has brain damage. Well, this movie is just like what I think a, a right-wing guy's ideal universe is. <laughs> like being we're oppressed. No, yeah, being right oppressed. Guys fantasize about being oppressed. They do. So they they absolutely do. They've been doing that since for, uh, since the Clash wrote the song White Riot about having a riot since we're not oppressed that you know they just want to fight about shit. <laughs> Oh, White yeah. guys have just been pissed off that they can't rise up against something. And now that the Soviets have invaded, 
it's our perfect opportunity. Yeah, I kind of get that, to be honest. I walk around all day fantasizing about if somebody tried to oppress me. <laughs> you know what I would do? What? Let them. Because <laughs> I'm a left-wing pussy-ass <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Everybody has equal rights to oppress me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. I think the women, the... Nah, I'm not going to even do that. Fuck it. The women and the gays are allowed to hold me down if they want. <laughs> what do you think about I think that? gay people have been holding you down for a long time. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> You're a bi POC, you can choke me. <laughs> choke me with your Latin accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is the one that gets us canceled. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> man this is welcome to the last episode of our (laughs) podcast dude episode 10 the big the week before we announce our partnership we get dropped (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this whole podcast has just been us seeing how far we can go with our company that we're working with yeah what's anything we've ever done been (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, so uh, what part of the movie are we at here? Uh, I think we're at the part where they're hanging out in the, the we're, we're back to Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen and the gang mm-hmm. and they're hanging out in the forest supplies are running low they have no choice they gotta hunt a deer yeah which is insane because one second ago they just robbed a convenience store and stole like 30 cans of soup and then we cut to them in the mountains they're like we're growing boys we ate all the soup <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they have to go hunting and they load up their hunting rifle and uh the youngest they make the youngest guy shoot a deer yeah i don't know if he was the youngest or if he was just like the biggest pussy because there were like two there were two cool brothers charlie sheen and um uh dirty dancing um and then there were like two bitch ass brothers one (laughs) who kept wanting to go home and the other one who grew into be a cold-blooded killer Oh, can we actually switch this to right before we talk about the deer? Because we got to talk about them fist fighting over top of an open flame. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So we mentioned the two bitch ass brothers. One of them, he was like the class president. He tries to be in charge because he was like as the class president. It's like the Russians just shot up the school, bro. Yeah. This is occupied Russia now. There's no more democracy. (laughs) Yeah. Stop making motions. (laughs) Because he's like, I move that we turn ourselves in. And then uh, the big, cool pimp guy. Patrick Swayze, the 34-year-old of the group. Yeah, just beats the fuck out of him. Throws him over the fire. Like, they're just, like, deal. Like, it, they don't really don't focus on how uh, dangerous this is, you yeah. know? Like, they're just on top of a fire having a fist fight. Yeah, and uh, obviously Charlie Sheen wins because he's twice the age of everybody else. Uh, it was Patrick Swayze. Sorry. That's okay. Obviously Patrick Swayze wins because he's twice the age of everybody else. And then he's like... Quit being a pussy. We're going to stay out here until we stop hearing those planes up there. And then that's when they get hungry and they go hunting. Speaking of planes, I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of airplanes, I'm famished. <laughs> Speaking of airplanes, I would like if here comes one right now. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. If that I was, was an underrated joke. I missed it. Here comes the airplane. Like with this. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man. If you're listening right now, give that more than Kian did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I get why they wanted to hunt a deer so badly, though. Like, if I was in the forest with a gun, yeah, I'd I probably mean, start hunting things almost immediately. If I, yeah, like, if I, I, I have, the forest. I've never hunted before, and I have no reason to think I'd be good at it. But if I had a gun and ammo in a forest, you bet. 
That's what it's for, bro. And I'm a little bit hungry. <laughs> if I like, even if I had breakfast that day and it was around lunchtime, I'd be like, we have to kill something right now. <laughs> Man. And I like it because as they leave to go hunting, this other guy is cooking soup like right now. Yeah. They're like pretending that they're out of food. They should have made him a vegetarian that they shit on the whole show. <laughs> and he just like progressively gets more like iron deficient as the movie goes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they go out and uh, they make this guy pop his deer hunting cherry. And then after they kill the deer, uh, well... First, he shoots him, and the deer's still alive, and he's like, I'm going to shoot him again. The guy's like, never do that. That's how they triangulate your location. Which, actually, that's good advice. Yeah, I mean. I think that is clever. I mean, yeah, for all our American listeners, when the out- uprising starts, only shoot once, dude. Yeah, and make that shit count. Mm-hmm. And then ditch your barrel and your firing. <laughs> yeah, change that shit out. Yeah, we're giving that advice in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the uh, tagline of the show at this point. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, after they kill the deer, they do this cool thing where they make the guy who killed the deer drink a mug of its blood. They're like, everyone has to. My dad made us do that. And And look at us now. Bro, I'm pretty sure your dad is just a psychopath. Yeah, He sounds abusive, dude. Yeah, it sounds like your dad might have uh, the dark fucking triad going on. Does your dad also piss the bed and start fires? (laughs) (laughs) Man. And uh, it's not a little bit of blood. Like, no, it's like a whole cup of blood. It's like a mug of blood. If I was doing a ceremonial blood drinking, I would maybe put it in a shot glass. If this was, uh, if this blood was a, a size from Tim Hortons, be a medium. If this blood was a cup at Starbucks, it would be venti, and I would refuse to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, can I get the middle bl- amount of blood, please? I, when I go to Starbucks, I point at the one I want. Regular blood, please? None of this liberal shit for me. Regular blood, extra foam. So, yeah, so he drinks the blood. No, and, uh, and it's not like a sip. It's like he just fully goes for it, like chugs the like, s- like does slams the whole thing back. And then uh, Patrick Swayze is like, once you, drew, once you do that, there's going to be something different about you. Yeah. It's like, obviously, you've got a bunch of weird blood-borne diseases now. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have rabies. <laughs> yeah, you have whatever that deer had. There's going to be something different about you. And then he just bites his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Guy starts growing horns later on in the movie. And it's also like, why would you not tell me that I'm going to be different before I drink the blood so I can make an informed decision? Yeah, imagine just chugging like a pint of blood and then somebody being like, you're never going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's, ins- that's how I feel every time we do mushrooms. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be fun, and then something tells me I'm going to be different now. (laughs) I'm bleeding everywhere and different. (laughs) Yeah, but he does it, and then the weirdest part to me is that he doesn't even, like, gag or choke or anything. He's just like, yeah, it doesn't taste that bad. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, kind of salty. It's like the rest of the movie, you just see him drinking blood sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) He just really likes it. That's fucking insane, man. And that's also the only time they hunt in the whole movie. After that, like, I like to think that uh, that kind of traumatized him. And he's like, I only eat food out of cans now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because all the rest of the food in that movie is scavenged. Because my mom, uh, she told me this one story about a time her dad took her quail hunting. And he shot a bird. And then she, like, thought she would like it. And then as soon as he shot the first bird and she saw the, like, feathers in the sky, she was just like, this is disgusting. (laughs) And that's how I feel like most liberals act when they go hunting, you know? Like, this kid was a bleeding heart lib at heart. He was just masquerading as a strong boy. 
<laughs> who enjoys the taste of blood. Yeah. <laughs> That's like when I drink whiskey with some of like my adult <laughs> friends, and I'm just like, mmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of salty. <laughs> really like the maltiness of this. <laughs> the bitterness in, the, in my throat really does something. I like to l- let it cover my tongue. Um, Man, I love whiskey, guys. Do you have two drops of spring water for this cup of blood? I hate doing shots with people. Why? I've just started to, I was hanging out at the bar the other day, like, where I work, and I was just talking to some guy. Like, I went to the bathroom and come back, and he's like, I got his shots. And it's like, I didn't want to do one. Yeah, I don't know why people insist on doing shots. Like, everybody thinks it's going to be fun, and then really what happens is it's just gross, and then you get tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm drunker than I want it to be, and I didn't get to drink another beer. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck is going on here? Like, I actually enjoy the taste of beer. I don't want to drink fucking tequila with you, you moron. The only time I enjoyed a shot st- stipulation, I was in Tumblr Ridge, and a guy was like... I heard something. I think it might have been my toe cracking. Oh, yeah, it was. But <laughs> I like that you're on on the ball like that, though. <laughs> Tell me about the only shot you enjoyed. Uh, yeah, in Tumblr Ridge, a guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, you want to do two shots with me? <laughs> which, which was a great way to open that. And I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, okay, but you got to do them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like that a lot, to be honest with you. I just like that chaotic energy coming in. I had another guy at the Black Dog. He, be, he was like, hey, can I buy you a shot? And I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, hey, can I get three shots of Jack Daniel? <laughs> One glass, please. We're going to split this last one. <laughs> And my favorite thing to do is uh, uh, sometimes a guy will offer you a shot and then I like to insist on choosing. (laughs) (laughs) I like to be like, yeah, but only if it's Jaeger bombs. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I love doing Jaeger bombs with small town guys, man. Jameson is my go to, but I've. I, I did it a couple days ago and a headliner got mad at me for choosing something uh, too expensive. Man. And it's like, that was my cheap pick. The crazy thing about shots, too, is like the ones that are supposed to taste good are just so sweet that it makes you puke. Oh, I can't handle them. Like uh, Sour Jacks or... Have we ever talked about the amateur strip club night at Grand Prairie? Uh, I don't think... I, no, I don't think we have. Okay, so for the listeners, there's this comedy show in Grand Prairie, Alberta that occurs on a Wednesday. You guys know about, uh, you know, weekends. Happens at the Great Northern Casino. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and instead of being on, like, a night where you could go do something after, it's on a night where the only other thing to do is either go to the Wendy's drive through or go to the amateur stripping contest at the strip club. And, like, literally, like, you'll go there from the comedy show, and, like, literally everybody from the comedy show just, like, <laughs> yeah. migrates the over to the amateur, crowd. amateur strip club. <laughs> <laughs> the whole crowd is there, and most of them are stripping. <laughs> and, uh, it's fucking, like, I... I had never been to a strip club before, and I'm, like, a way more of a pussy than I act like I am when it comes to, like, girls being naked and stuff. So I wanted to make it – like, I was trying to give myself whiskey dick because I did not want to accidentally get a boner in this strip club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to seem like I had been there before. Of course. You know? So I started doing just, like, every shot, and then uh, I was with somebody who, like, loved doing those – you know those shots where it comes in, like, a plastic thing with tinfoil on the top, and it's, like – Yeah, where they have – have them at the uh, like the checkouts at liquor stores they as like an <laughs> impulse buy. Yeah, they sell them at small town gas stations. It's like your six pack isn't going to be enough, and you panic and buy four shots right at the cash register. They're always like pink or yellow or like some weird neon color. And they look like the, I haven't done one before, but they look like they have a weird consistency. They are they? Do. Are they Jello or are they like pudding style? It's it's like if you pissed in a pudding cup and, and then, then mixed it. 
Yeah, that's about it's what like that looks like. It's like a bit too viscous. It's kind of like motor oil. You know what is I mean? It like, is it like Irish cream, like Bailey's or something? But in Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is, yeah. Ugh. And it like hurts going down because it's so sugary. That's what right? you want. And we did like 10 of those. And then I swear to God, I got kicked out of the strip club for puking before the contest started. And I was like, perfect. Had no time to get a boner at all. And that's called playing it cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> called holding it down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I never seem desperate. I just seem sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why you were drinking those because I've been to that strip club on a Wednesday and their special is $2 twisted teas. I don't know. Somebody kept buying them. Toonie twisted teas, baby. I'm not going to act like I remember the decisions I made that night. It's wild that you didn't ask the strip club about their drink specials that <laughs> night. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I puked all over the hotel room and left my whole paycheck there because I felt so bad. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't like I didn't even know what to do. Bro. <laughs> I left the whole thing there in cash. I wouldn't have done that. I that's how I felt. <laughs> that's how I felt the next day. <laughs> I felt like I needed to regret the night, you know? I felt like I needed to self-impose a bit of a punishment on myself <laughs> because not only did I go to a strip club, but I also puked before anything happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Man, you've got a good little reputation going for puking on the road. I puke on the road a lot. Wait, have you heard things? <laughs> Only just from what you tell me. Oh, okay. But Wait. it's a lot. You've just got way more stories about it than anybody I know. Yeah. I was on the road with Brad, and he was like, pull over. And he goes, and he throws up, and he comes back in, and he doesn't have glasses or a jacket anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was my first road gig, bro. <laughs> and that was such a nice jacket. <laughs> but do you know why I threw it out? It was because for, like, I swear to God, an hour before I said pull over, I was silently puking all over myself in the backseat. <laughs> 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 and I just didn't want to tell anybody. And then eventually it got to the point where there was too much puke on me is that in kevin alvis's car yeah that's so funny that it already smelled like <laughs> shit and we didn't even notice the growing amount of vomit <laughs> man so i just got out there left my outfit on the side of the road and then uh, we powered through and one God thing damn. about me is i'll puke every time i drink but no one can ever say i don't handle it after <laughs> no one can ever say that about me dude <laughs> <laughs> because in Grand Prairie, you know what I did the next day? I waited for the puke to dry, and then I picked it all up with a towel and put it in the garbage can. <laughs> the towel? And still left most of my money there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's way too embarrassing. I didn't want to say that on the podcast, but yeah. whatever. I like all these little tidbits we have on our movie podcast. <laughs> that's for you guys. That's give us five. Give me five stars for that's that. That's for the fans. Book us on the road. Buy us <laughs> the horrible drinks. <laughs> oh, fuck. So that tangent's over. Maybe getting so mad we vomit can be a running gag. <laughs> <laughs> or getting so drunk we throw up. Yeah, there should be an episode where we, like, the worst movie we watch, we should just puke to start it. Let's do a live show at the Grindstone where we, you and I just get blackout drunk on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea. What part of the movie are we at? Uh, okay, so the kids, uh, they make their first trip back into the town. Mm -hmm. And uh, they go and they come, up, uh, they come upon their dad who's, like, trapped in a re-education camp. And the re-education camp is just, like, it's a fucking drive-in theater that's just, like, rigged to play Soviet propaganda 24-7. There's, like, cars <laughs> burning in the parking lot for some reason. And it's <laughs> fucked. And the dad's just, like, trying to what, – what does he it's say to him? Before you say that, it, I, to me, it's crazy that no one prison broke from that. Like, it's crazy that 
they manage to keep everyone locked because it's just a chain link fence. Yeah. There's no walls or anything. No, and it's not like it's a sturdy, like they could have dug under it. That probably would have been my first move. Yeah, and as the kids get there, you see like 40 other families on the free side of the fence just like grabbing onto it. And yeah. it's like, that's not what they would do. <laughs> like, have you ever seen prisons in America? If you walk up to the wall, you're getting sniped from a guy in a tower. Oh, big time. You just gotta, if you're going by the wall, it's to toss a package over and sprint <laughs> away. Uh, but yeah, his dad's just like telling him about the, you know, the situation. He's like as, you know, fucking depressing as he possibly could. Like, there's nothing left. You remember when I used to take you and uh, your brother and I'd push you on the swings in the park? Well, it's only a memory now because there's nothing left. Yeah. My favorite part of it is he was like, uh, you see how the world is right now? Now you understand why I was so hard on you as kids. Yeah, it's like... Because I didn't want you to turn out like them. Can Could you imagine, like, there being a Soviet occupation happening and your dad being like, yeah, I called that. <laughs> I called that from a mile away. The craziest part is, I'm pretty sure that was just him saying, this is why I hit you, so yeah. you didn't become communist. So you forgive me for hitting you now, right? <laughs> If I ever catch myself becoming too left, like, if I ever want to dye my hair blue, I'm just going to go ask my dad to punch me. (laughs) Now you get why I beat the shit out of you after you're getting a little too friendly with that boy. Dad, I need some American re-education. Please break my nose. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, they talk to the dad, and he's like, that's why I was hard on you. And then they're like, okay, well, we got to go do our armed insurgency. And he's like, avenge me! But, like, even more passionate than that. Yeah. Like, it's pained yelling out. It just, it feels like, I don't know, it, it's r- really strong drunk dad vibes <laughs> yeah. is how it feels. It feels like your dad drank fucking 15 Pilsners, has fallen out of his recliner, and is yelling at you to avenge him <laughs> is the kind of vibe. Break this chair. <laughs> yeah. Burn it down. <laughs> Avenge me. It's like when your dad comes home drunk and the dog tries to lick him. <laughs> Murder this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and then on their way out of town, they like swing by their grandparents' place. Or like one of their grandparents' place. And uh, they're just like, you know, giving them some supplies, food, uh, liquor, a bottle of Jim Beam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the grandpa at a point, he's like... Uh, I got some other heirlooms I need you to take care of. And he, like, opens up a crawl hole in his basement, and there's just, like, two women in there. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, these are my granddaughters. They're yours now. Yeah, and I don't know what the definition of an heirloom is, but I'm pretty sure it's not a live person. Yeah, no. Definitely not. (laughs) And I just think it's so funny that he just, like, transferred ownership of his granddaughters to these, you know, nice strong young men who came through uh, his house. And his granddaughters had, like, no protest to it. They yeah. just, they literally did not say it. Well, they didn't start talking until about 15 minutes after that happens in the movie. They were like, at least these guys don't have accents. We'll go with them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how many times were they traded before that point? Where they were just like, oh, I know the deal. <laughs> Man. <laughs> these yeah. are my carers now. I think th- uh, that scene is why every dad thinks he should be allowed to uh, approve of every daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah that's why my dad insists on meeting every guy my gr- uh, my sister knows <laughs> <laughs> i need to know that he'll be able to handle it himself in a soviet occupation i need to know that he has a hunting rifle i know i need to know that he's able to ride a horse and survive <laughs> in the wilderness yeah so they take these girls and then they go back to the mountain don't they yeah they take their girls up to the mountain and uh what do they fucking do 
nice meal full of deer. Yeah, they eat some raw deer and hang out way too close to the fire. And uh, they're, like, hanging out. Oh, we uh, so we have, like, the first actual uh, conflict between, like, them and the Soviets happen at this point. Mm. Where they're, like, you know, just fucking hanging out cliffside. Like, literally <laughs> fucking pressed up against the cliff. There's, like, Soviets on top of them just, like, driving around surveying the area. It's the mountains, you know? It's beautiful. They're having a late, nice little trip. Mm-hmm. And the Soviets, like, pull up alongside... Um, like just like a scenic overlook where they have uh you know like a one of those public fucking boards of like in this area in 1945 da 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 happened yeah and i love those dude it's like make it a tv none of us can read anymore i just you ever like see the when you're like driving to bc or something and you see a guy like pulled over by the side of the road with reading one of those and you're like what a stupid bitch i've literally never seen anyone read one of those you've never in seen my it life. sometimes i'll I, i've seen it like i'll see like families like pulled over like just like the dad's like locked in reading it. <laughs> the dad's reading it out loud to his kids. Coniferous they, trees. You see that? <laughs> kids are just being shitty playing DS and blowing <laughs> snot bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, I gotta restart the camera. All right. The boys are back and they're looking for girls. What about that? The boys are back and we wanna go on a date with you. We should start a TikTok where it's like not a comedy tiktok it's just a horny tiktok yeah of us telling girls they're beautiful it's just like those videos where it's like an r&b song and a guy going like (laughs) (laughs) i really like seeing those just the huge amount of confidence that 17 year old dudes have yeah dude i love that shit and honestly if i had clear skin i would have turned into one (laughs) i guarantee you no jawline as much of a mustache as i have currently (laughs) just seducing Mm mm-hmm and it's only like, it's like sevens. It's never, you never see a 10 doing that. He doesn't need to. He can do other shit and it'll turn into that for girls. <laughs> Every 10 is busy making out right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're too busy plowing to make <laughs> content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. That was a fun thing. Um, oh, but yeah. So the Soviets are reading that fucking um, message or, you know, that board and they're just like making shit up. It like says, you know, Theodore Roosevelt planted this forest here in uh whatever year and he's just like this is the site of the uprising against the indians uh 35,000 were killed it was a great victory and he's just like riffing that little war crime and it's like i know that that's not what it says and it's i think they're just doing that to make the russians sound bad because it's like this is the kind of shit that they would celebrate over there yeah, I think that's like a nod to communist propaganda or something. But it is. But really, to me, it just comes across as like, yeah, I bet you there was a massacre. Yes, <laughs> all it might not have been there, but yeah, that definitely happened somewhere. The only difference is that like the Russians are like, yeah, but we're just like, no, we'll cover that up. <laughs> yeah. Don't even worry about that. That was a weird day, you yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah, that's like highlights the different strategies. I don't know what's better because, I mean, like, yeah, we just sweep it under the rug and act like we're better than that. And they just act like that's what makes them great. Like, I think every (laughs) Russian when they turn 18 has to go to the Ukraine with a military guy and he gets to point out all the massacre sites. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is where we kicked down the doors of a church and machine gunned everybody. (laughs) This is where I shot a baby on its baptism. (laughs) Oh, but then uh, the fucking guys fuck up. One of the girls, she slips, kicks some rocks out. The Soviets see her, yep. and then they have to gun them all down. They kill all the Soviets, and it goes really good. Absolutely, it does. These group of 15-year-olds really bested the... Uh, they were outnumbered, too. Yeah, they were outnumbered. Well, 
the Soviets were outnumbered. There was only three of them and like eight of the kids, but. Oh, my bad. Yeah, so the Soviets were outnumbered, but the Soviets all had machine guns and all these kids had like muskets. They had a bow. They like shot them with a bow, took their gun and killed them all. Yeah. It's like, come on, general. It's like, that's the American spirit right yeah. there, dude. America pulling themselves up by the bootstraps, unrestricted access to firearms. That's mm-hmm. what makes our country great. Yeah. Um, and then they're like back at camp afterwards. Uh, and they're like, you know, hanging out around the fire. They're eating Charlie Sheen's, uh, eating some food. And he turns out to the uh, girl who like killed one of the Soviets. Yeah. And he's just like, why don't you make yourself useful and uh, do some dishes? <laughs> it's like, bro, she just murdered for you. She just killed a general an hour ago. She's yeah. wearing his beret right now, and you're going to tell her to make herself useful? Yeah, that's definitely problematic. <laughs> Shout out to white women. Uh, movies don't know that you guys are capable of stuff, but we know that you can murder just <laughs> as good as we can. We know it in our hearts, and we love you for it. Um, this movie has a lot of shit happening off screen, too. Like, I feel like their tactical skills really ramped up like almost inappropriately quickly. Because, like, the next scene is them, like, they're, like, it's Charlie Sheen, like, sneaking across, a f- yeah. uh, f- like, going prone across a field of wheat. Yeah. And he's got, like, wheat strapped into his head. And, like, <laughs> he's basically fashioned a ghillie suit for himself out in the forest. And he's just, like, completely prone in a field watching uh, a fi- watching his dad being shot down in a firing squad. <laughs> but, dude, this, like, that part of the movie is why every American Republican guy is, like, they need to teach combat skills in school. Yeah. And it's, like, what do you think school is for, bro? Taxes and hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> Yeah, like, do you remember when everybody was going crazy about how they should teach kids how to gunfight for school shootings? Yeah, honestly, bro, I think I think school should literally just be like some sort of training camp where you just like learn how to fight and learn how to, how to do your taxes. Yeah, I don't think they should teach us math or science or anything like that. I think I'd, I I want to know jujitsu and I want to learn how to gaslight people, and that's all I need to know in school. In American school, they would not teach you jujitsu. They would teach you that fucked up version of boxing where you wear a girl swimsuit and you rumble your hands and <laughs> like <this>. old timey <laughs> boxing. They would not teach you jujitsu. They would teach you how to rock 'em sock 'em robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that they they teach kids wrestling, and that's yeah. like the fighting of. I learned that in school. You had to do wrestling in school. Yep, and but I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was weird because uh, they would try to match you up by weight classes and stuff, right? But uh, I was, like, always the shortest and uh, lightest guy in the whole class. So there was only one other guy that I could wrestle, and he was still bigger than me. <laughs> and it, that really demoralized my little <laughs> ass, dude. I would just – every gym class for, like, two months, I just got my ass handed to me. That's rough, bro. But then when badminton came around, I fucked that guy up. <laughs> I showed him there's more to life than learning how to wrestle. Once it became a non-contact sport where uh, – <laughs> That's where I shine. <laughs> We're d- we're divided by nets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as you can't come within ten feet of me, I'm gonna win, dude. <laughs> um, what else happens here? Oh yeah, they watch their parents get shot. <laughs> yeah, so Patrick Sheen wa- watch it, or Charlie Sheen watches his dad get shot, and they go back to the camp, and he's like crying, he's like freaking out, and Patrick Swayze uh, yells at him for crying. Yeah, he's like. What does he say? 
uh, never cry again for as long as you live. Yeah, but he's quoting their dad from the re-education camp. Oh, shit, he is quoting their dad. I forgot to mention that earlier, but that's the other doozy that the dad drops. He's like, I don't want to ever see you cry again for as long as you live. And Jesus it's like, Christ. That's literally what my dad said on my 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me a card that said that, and there was $5. Crying in. is for babies. <laughs> he's like, time to move out and time to never cry again also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so he smacks him for crying about how his dad died and it's like and he's like yeah it's just like never cry again he tells him to like bury it deep into you it's like just let it become ptsd that is literally the american way that is the american re- way did you know that's the sixth amendment in the constitution uh thou shalt go undiagnosed yeah <laughs> <laughs> thou shalt never go to therapy <laughs> Thou shalt hold it down. I like that we think the Constitution is written like the Ten (laughs) Commandments. (laughs) Thou shalt bear arms. Thou shalt have the right to bear arms. (laughs) Oh, man. Thou shalt bring a gun to a drone fight. (laughs) Oh, man. That's going to be the new thing. Ah, He brought a gun to a drone fight. Yeah, I mean, once the Civil War starts, like, all the people who <laughs> have guns and, like, think they can do a militia thing <laughs> are just going to get drone struck out of there. Yeah. It's going to be awesome to watch. <laughs> I can't wait until, like, some forest in Denver gets nuked and then we all realize there was people there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So then after uh, after they internalize all their PTSD... Uh, then we have a Soviet killing montage, and this is most of the movie. Yeah. Uh, this is a two-hour-long movie. It does not need to be. An hour of it is gunfights. An hour of it is just them successfully cu- carrying out guerrilla attacks against the Soviets yeah. in different <laughs> ways. Like, the first one, they, like, use one of the girls as bait to get Russian soldiers to catcall them, and then while they're, like, horny, they drop bombs into their tank and... <laughs> blow them up and then they're like chasing the girl and then like patrick swayze pops out of a a spider hole and shoots him down fucking vietnam style it's so funny that none of these teens ever get like they never fuck themselves by getting too horny about the girls they're they don't even look at the girls they're like we got a job to do and we're american we don't have time to be horny but these dirty animals (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man that's why nobody trusts, like, that's why Americans don't trust uh, foreign guys. <laughs> that's why Trump called all Mexicans rapists. This movie is why. Yeah, bad hombres. That's my favorite thing Trump said. <laughs> I've gone on record. <laughs> Let me I think the best thing for them so they understand. I think the best thing he's ever done is give us the <laughs> phrase bad hombres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was a good one. Uh uh, also, the time he said that he loved Hispanics <laughs> was really good. Honestly, I think the best moment was him bringing up Lil Pump as Little Pimp. Little Pimp. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lil Pump not even being upset. <laughs> I love that shit, dude. Yeah, he was being paid a fee, and he fucking got it. So uh, anyway, there uh, we got some more forest chills happening. Mm-hmm. And a uh, 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 U.S. fighter plane gets shot down. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the girls, the one with the beret, goes and fucking investigates everything. She pulls out, yep. like, the pilot who's, like, chilling. He's yeah, just, he's like, just asleep. Like fine. He survived. He, like, he fucking crashed in the wreckage, and then he just, like, put a bed together kind of right by it. Yep. And then that was it. He didn't really worry about his situation too much after that. <laughs> Could you imagine that just being shot down, and you're like, I fucking need a nap right now? I think there's no better time <laughs> for a nap, to be honest with you. <laughs> 
Every time I think I need a nap from now on, I'm going to be like, did I just get shot down <laughs> out of the sky? <laughs> then I do not need a nap. <laughs> then I'll chug a sugar-free Red Bull and get to business. <laughs> uh, but then they take him back to his camp, and they're just, like, broing down with him. You know, he, like, trades or gives the gives the kids one of his army patches, and they give him a Soviet commander hat. Yeah. It's like they're just trading uh, war memorabilia, like Pokemon cards. Yeah. I really like that. I'm pretty sure that's uh, historically accurate. It probably is. I would do that. If you, if you were in war, you would just start a collection. I'll give you two hats for a Luger. How does that sound? Man, I need a Luger. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sickest gun ever invented. Uh, and then uh, the, the uh, army guy is just giving them, like, some exposition about the fucking battle. So, like, you find out now that there's, like, a free zone. Like, half America is, like, free America. Yep. Which I feel like is just... I thought Trump was going to rename the USA to just free America <laughs> at a certain point. Like we've done it. We're renaming the game. Uh, we've made America great again. Well, we've made half of America great again. Do you think he got the idea for make America great again? He saw great Britain. And he was like, wait a second. <laughs> He's like, I think I could do something. You can something just add an ad adjective before your country. <laughs> what really good America. If I ever become president, I'm naming it uh, Swag America. <laughs> Kick-ass Canada. Oh, man, that's Canada, hard. but it rules. <laughs> Bracket. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think he plagiarized it off Richard Nixon. I think he got it from Great Britain. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, and then he's like uh, explaining the war, uh, talking about how like uh, the Soviets have just fucking decimated everybody. Yep. And he's uh, he mentions uh, 600 million screaming Chinese people. <laughs> and then one of the kids was just like, uh, but sir, I thought there was a billion screaming Chinese people. And well, hold on. You're not exposing this right, because he's like discussing the sides of the war. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying that everyone's against America except for us and 600 million. Screaming yeah. Chinese people. <laughs> and it's like, you're describing your allies, but you're still being racist. Like yeah. that's insane. Yeah. I mean, that's the eighties. America was reluctantly allied with the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me, bro. It's like kiss a little bit ass. <laughs> There's 600 million of them, and you guys are losing to Cuba right now. I just love how casually he's dropping that information. Like, China's teamed up with America in this war, which is like, wow, I would not expect that given the climate of right now. And also, they were genocided. Yeah. Oh, were they? I mean, they killed 40% of the population. Because he's like, 600 million screaming Chinese are on our side. And the kid's like, I thought there was a million screaming Chinese. And he's like, not since those nukes fell. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. So <laughs> China got nuked, but like most of them still. China like got it. nuked and none of them seemed to care about it. <laughs> huh. Or maybe that's why they're screaming. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of tracks with America, though, because didn't Japan become a U.S. ally like immediately after they nuked them? Uh, Yeah. But I mean, what are you going to do after that? I mean, yeah, you start licking boots. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody's talking about don't be a bootlicker, but if a cop shot you, y you'd kiss him. Two of my main cities had big holes in them. I'd probably start friendlying up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Trying to see where I went wrong to make this happen. Yeah. Man, I hate politicians, but if one of them beat the shit out of me, I'd have to start liking them. <laughs> um, yeah, they just keep fucking... Li like, this whole movie, this whole... M Probably the second to fourth act of this movie are just them launching series of attacks yep. on the Soviets. And it's like wintertime now. They attack the town. They uh, uh, try and, like, arm and liberate the camp. 
mm-hmm. and they're like blowing up the fucking one of the uh, just some fucking fighter jet that they had in the camp just doing everything effortlessly you know like really embarrassing the entire eastern block right now yeah it comes very easy to these children oh yeah but what can you do they were raised differently almost second nature but that's what happens with these the are football players from the usa yeah these are good old boys <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what that actually means. I think it means uh, you're um, a white guy and you say the N-word. Oh. And you're young. But you're friendly apart from that. Okay. Because I've only ever seen the term in a book when describing a guy riding a horse. Yeah, I've I've only seen it in uh, Dukes of Hazard, where they drive around with a car with a Confederate flag on the roof. That's true. I always forget that that movie is like a little fucked. Everybody's always talking about the Fast and the Furious this, the Fast and the Furious that. When are they going to make it positive? I say make it the Fast and the Happy. Fast and the Fabulous. (laughs) 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 Man, and then you could combine that with RuPaul's Drag Race. That's what I think it should be. Just drag queens, drag racing. Trixie Mattel just going 100 miles an hour, (laughs) saying something sassy and doing a drift. <laughs> if there's any network execs listening to this, <laughs> consider our new TV show idea, The Fast and the Fabulous. <laughs> Fast and the Fabulous. Oh my god, that sounds really good actually. It's just Honey Boo Boo drag racing a uh, drag queen. <laughs> um okay. So uh yeah, th- like, yeah, just this movie is all padding, all battle padding. But let's talk about the next and most important ones. They're uh, hanging out with the the general, the you know, the pilot some more. Yep. They're in a tank battle somehow. And, uh, you know, they're, like, trapped underneath a tank that's firing out at other tanks. They've been able to hide so it can't see, but it's, like, perched up, and they're just, like, underneath it, underneath the barrel of the gun going off. Yeah. One of their boys starts losing it, sprints out, just gets gunned down. It's, like, their first casualty they take. Yeah. And then they have to, like, they lose two of their friends. They also lose the pilot in that fight, and then they have to go back to the camp, and they're like, I don't even really want to be a revolutionary anymore after that. Yeah, they start crying in direct opposite of their father's wishes. That was pretty hard, actually. <laughs> and then it comes to light that uh one of their friends swallowed a bug off screen yeah the bitch most bitch ass of their friends but not a bug like an insect yeah not like uh not like the fun kind of swallowing a bug where all of your friends have to pitch in and give you a little bit of money to do it <laughs> but <laughs> oh that rules but the betrayal version of swallowing a bug where <laughs> Where your politician... Di- oh, yeah, so this this kid's dad is, like, the mayor of the town who's just, like, going along with the Soviet occupation. Yeah. And uh, off-screen, the dad just, like, convinces his son to swallow a bug and fuck over all his friends. And that's why we don't like Democrat mayors. Yeah, that's why we hate the liberals. <laughs> this and the list of guns that fucked us at the start of the movie. That strike two Democratic Party of America. Yeah, that's exactly what Joe Biden would do. He would make Hunter Biden wear a wire for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so he swallows it. the bug and... Uh, <laughs> Then they just get, he, he, they uh, have to execute him. They have to. They have no choice. Yeah. Your friends turn snitch. snitch. It's wartime. It's a nice nod to the mafia. It is a nice nod to the mafia. But I really like, like, they, uh, what's, the, one of them can't do it. Jed can't do it. Yeah. Uh, and so he just gets another guy with a beret. Another, I think it was his brother who yeah. ended up shooting him. 
Yeah, his little brother came up with an AK-47. His little brother, who's d- really done a big heel turn. He started off wearing a Star Wars hat and a matching jacket to his brother. Now he's got a face mask on and a beret. Yeah. And he uh, guns down his brother with an AK-47 mercilessly. Uh, and then they continue on being revolutionaries. Yeah. What would you do if I showed up wearing a wire? Would you execute me? I'd have to. I mean but I'd expect you to do the same for me. <laughs> 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 That's what's good about this friendship. <laughs> we know where we stand. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very smart. Executing the snitch is exactly what I would have done. But I also wish they would have had, like, I wish they included him turning snitch in the movie. Like, I think that would have been uh, a very interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that, like, everything important happens off screen in this movie. Yeah, and meanwhile, they're just, like, kicking ass, and then they're just talking about, like, important plot points in between gunfights. Yeah, they're like, we did not have enough time to show him turning snitch. We were too busy showing you guys this fucking gunfight. <laughs> the same gunfight that we just showed you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like, they're all their friends kind of start getting picked off apart from Charlie Sheen and... Uh, uh, Patrick Swayze at this point like they end up getting in a little altercation with an attack helicopter yep. where they're just like standing on the ground with AKs just like blasting it yep. and just hoping for the best and it's like the way this movie has gone so far I was fully expecting the AK-47 to win the fight against the and I think they were too like they've just had such crazy luck that I feel I feel like they were I, I expected them to take out his revolver and, like, line up one very careful shot and just take out the pilot is what I thought was going to happen. And then Chuck Norris comes across the screen dabbing and America. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought someone was going to kick the helicopter out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I yeah. thought Jean-Claude Van Damme was going to show up in this movie. Dude, he, l- like, lining up a helicopter with your revolver and then being like, fuck it, and throwing the gun at the yeah. helicopter. Yeah, hucking the gun into the rotors. That would actually be awesome. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, I trained as a quarterback for three years. That's how this movie should have gone. And that's how it should have ended. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, yeah. So he loses the fight to the attack helicopter, though. Yeah, they, they lose the fight to the attack helicopter. And now it's just like they lose the uh, one of the girls. They lose uh, the guy who executed his brother just a couple seconds ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's just down to Charlie Sheen and fucking Patrick Swayze. The movie we all actually wanted to see. Yeah, uh, finally. (laughs) There's still an hour left. (laughs) (laughs) And they just launch one final attack on, like, the uh, Soviets. They, like... They find their base of operations, right? Yeah, they find the base of operations. They... Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention how uh, uh, they... At a certain point in this movie, they get an RPG, like a rocket launcher. And just have, like, infinite ammo, ammo for it. Yep. Like, they're just always firing off rockets. And it's not explained. Not explained. Not even... You don't even worry about... They uh, find it off screen. Yeah, they find it off screen, and they keep finding ammo for it off screen. They build rockets. (laughs) So anyway, Charlie Sheen fucking rockets the fucking building. Uh, You know, just... the Yeah, like you said, the main command building. It's two on 100,000, and I like our chances. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but wha- what ends up happening is uh, there's this one guy, this extra bad guy, who just gets introduced right now, I think. Yep. He's got an Uzi. He guns down Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick Swayze uh, comes up to him. He's got his back turned. Patrick Swayze has, like, the perfect drop. He's got a shot lined up. And he's like, hey! And then the guy turns around him and shoots Patrick Swayze, like, five times. <laughs> 
and then Pat Swayze blasts him once, kills him. Yeah. But it's like you didn't. No, none of that was necessary. You could have come out of that one alive, there, we're brother. We're American, dude. We don't shoot people in the back. Yeah. That's that's Soviet shit. <laughs> and then he picks up his dying brother and just starts walking off to the park. Like, could you imagine launching this invasion and then having it go that weird and just being like, ah, uh, fuck this. Actually, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to leave. <laughs> I know I was going to see this through, but uh, I've changed my plans now. Yeah, and so Patrick Swayze is just carrying pa- uh, fucking Charlie Sheen out of the firefight. And uh, we see the other uh, f- uh, commando from, like, earlier on in the movie who was talking about how he's, like, not used to being uh, yep. a cop. He's like, identifies with the insurgents. This is when the communists finally get some sense knocked into them. Yeah, and he sees Pat Swayze just b- looking like he's had enough of war. All his friends are dead. <laughs> now I've been shot unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah. He was thinking about how he could have redone that whole shooting exchange <laughs> there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this guy just, like, he's pointing his AK at him, and then he changes his mind and drops it. And uh, that's actually what Joseph Stalin did right after he talked to a couple Americans. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize this, but after Joseph Stalin killed millions of Ukrainians, he decided he didn't want to do that anymore, and he chose not to kill anymore. Because FDR went over there and was like, hey, man, what are you doing? Oh, and he was also died. No. It was the other thing, too. That's not why. He died, so he couldn't kill any more people, and that was why he decided <laughs> to stop. <laughs> FDR scared him into dying. <laughs> and then after that, Russia became the USA, <laughs> but worse. <laughs> And then that's when the American army finally shows up, right? The police response time was like six months. About two hours. They showed up, and then they just fucking handle the Soviets easily. Yeah, well, yeah, it it ends up just being like you kind of have this explained in about 30 seconds really quickly off or like after the movie. Is that like Jed or Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen uh, die in a park together? The one that their father was talking about, how he couldn't push them on the swings anymore. Yep. And uh, then uh, I guess there's like a voiceover fucking text comes up and it's just like uh, the actions of these guys inspired everybody to rise up and stop being complacent in the Soviet occupation (laughs) of America and, uh, you know, pull themselves up by the bootstraps and kill the occupying force. And then it like uh, shows the memorial of like a rock that they used to hang out at and they carved all their names on earlier in the movie. Yeah. And it's like partisan rock celebrates uh, the gorillas, mostly children who defended our nation in World War Three, which I love that we just like ended this on a, uh, a memorial for child soldiers. Yeah. And that we're like, that's the most American goddamn thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, did you know that at Coney, tw- Coney 2012's base of operations also has the same partisan rock? At it? <laughs> 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 I love like my favorite thing is like uh, partisan is like a bad word now. Yes. Back in the 80s, partisan was tight as shit. Oh, yeah. If it's party, were, baby. If you were nonpartisan in the 80s, you were the first to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first we killed all the independents. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the Green Party and Kanye West had to go. <laughs> and after that, the Republicans. <laughs> Man, I love that Kanye didn't even have like a party. It was just like the Yeezy party. YZY slash Adidas. YZY. <laughs> YZY PTY. <laughs> 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 it's written in hieroglyphics. <laughs> <laughs> There's that fucking eagle or the raw bird that he had on his uh, Air Easy 2s. You know? He's got a partisan rock at his ranch in Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough partisan rock jokes. His party's color is Red October. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Kanye West needs to start an armed insurgency, man. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so that's fucking Red Dawn, or as I like to call it, Red Dong. I like to <laughs> I like to call it Red Dawn Redemption. <laughs> they remade this movie. Did you know that? Yeah, in 2014, right? Yeah. Did you see who's the lead in it? Did nope. you see who the Patrick Swayze in this one is? Channing Tatum. Uh, Josh from Drake and Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy's career is <laughs> yeah. taking a dive. <laughs> he got skinny and then he defended America. Really good job, Josh. <laughs> he was in Drill Bit Taylor and Red Dawn, and then he fell off the face of the earth. He's not a fucking nerd anymore, is he? No, he was not. Now he's got a revolver and a hunting rifle, <laughs> and he's murdering Soviets. <laughs> is it the same storyline in the remake? I uh, know they changed it to North Koreans. <laughs> 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 My God. <laughs> they wanted to adapt it to the times. That's even more insane. I feel like, uh, yeah, man, I wouldn't have even riffed that for our pretend remake. That's, like, too much for me. <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought of North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why these guys are in Hollywood and we're stuck in Edmonton. I mean, they didn't want to piss off. Could you imagine just remaking Red Dawn, but like it's with one of our allies? Like it's just like we piss off Israel by having them invade the U.S. Oh my God. In this movie. <laughs> Dude, I would, if I was going to remake it, I would do like France. <laughs> like I would do like ol- like a country that's still democratic but like kind of liberal. I'd do it England. I would be like they like they uh they were I I I'd, I'd make a movie where England never really got over the American Revolution. <laughs> 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 and they've been secretly planning their uh, second strike this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> they only elected Boris Johnson as a distraction. <laughs> so MI5 could come in yeah. and James Bond. Meanwhile, Winston Churchill Churchill's been alive this entire time, <laughs> and he's just been plotting a land invasion of... <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to Sea Day. <laughs> That's what I would call it. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, do we need the American populace to watch this? I think this could go either way. I think this is a dangerous movie where if you go into it thinking like... Because, I mean, like, you show this to fucking Lindsey Graham or, like, some fucking Trump guy, yeah. a Mitch McConnell type... He uses this as, like, an excuse to pass policy, as an excuse to get rid of gun registries. Because, like, that's all this is, is that it's, like, this movie is just, like, it's just NRA propaganda, essentially. Yeah, Yeah, it's, like, NRA propaganda and then also democracy propaganda, too. And, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you go into it thinking it's dumb, you're going to, like, notice all the shit that's dumb. But when I watched this movie initially, I just thought it was about a group of kids who had enough. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, this is kind of like me and my friends. I see a lot of myself in this 34-year-old high school student. <laughs> Reminds me of when I was in high school. <laughs> Man, I think uh, I don't think Americans should watch this, but I do think everybody in Trump's base should. I think that you want to really elaborate on this? I think that really could be the catalyst to start the civil war <laughs> we need, bro. I think this is a good movie to explain. I like. I've been having this a lot lately. Where I can't really, like, because I, I really get why people, like, support Trump and all that shit. Like, we've gone to a lot of small towns. We've met those type of guys. Yeah. I feel like I kind of understand them. And a lot of people don't really. I think this movie is a great way to understand what, like, who they are, what their fears are. Because they've just been watching DVDs where guys like them are dope for the whole time. Yeah, where guys like them are excellent and they're defending the world from existential threat. I don't know why anyone would uh, support that guy or even like any conservative really but uh i think that it's because they watch movies like this like i think that's the only reason why yeah i mean i think it is but it's it's also like th- this movie just like validates their worldview entirely yeah 
Like everything that everything that goes right in this movie is just a policy of the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. And that's a fucking bummer. Ain't it? <laughs> it's uh, kind of insane how but it's, close this movie is to like what's about to happen. Yes, it is. But I uh, honestly, it's a little reassuring. I think it's kind of funny to see, like, because we all know that like, this is what they thought was going to happen. This is what they thought, like, they, all the fucking Trump supporters who are going to poll counting stations to just check everything out. <laughs> I love that shit, dude. Just like a guy who didn't graduate high school and is like 436 pounds going to a polling station. Like, I got to get to the bottom of this. This looks good to me. Carry on, folks. <laughs> get me a two liter of Diet Coke. I'm going to be sitting out here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, you can tell that um, the person who wrote this thought this was the Cold War's natural conclusion. But I think, like, now that we know, like, Biden's gotten into power, nothing's happened. Yeah. I don't think anything's going to happen. I mean, he does still keep refusing to give up power. I mean, I think he Trump might do something, but I I just I maybe I just I haven't gotten the impression that his base is going to do anything de- drastic. It seemed like all their crazy shit built on election day. Yeah, that's And fair. it's kind of been subsiding. So I think if this movie got remade, I think what should happen is uh the Soviets invade and then we all accept that and that's how the movie ends. <laughs> And we're all pretty okay with the Soviet occupation. Yeah, yeah, the Soviets invade, and then, like, Republicans do a bunch of angry tweeting about it, but nobody actually does anything. Yeah, exactly. If anything, this movie... uh, No, not this movie. If anything, this election just taught us that, like, guys with guns are still pussies. Big time. (laughs) And they're shit. Yeah, that gun didn't make you cool, it turned (laughs) out. (laughs) Turns out you're still a bitch. Turned out you're still not going to fucking try anything. (laughs) Yeah, you're just a bitch with bad teeth, so you (laughs) think you're tougher than I am, you losers. (laughs) So, in conclusion, uh, fuck the Soviets, but also fuck the right wing, and Steven Crowder can suck my balls. Yep. And that's comedy. Yeah, the only political party I support is Patrick Swayze handling business. Yeah. <laughs> My political party is uh, five teenagers in Letterman jackets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, the next White House should be a campsite in the forest, and I think it should be just five uh, kids. I don't know why we don't elect a teen president. I think it, I'd like to see the change that he brings into the world. The State of the Union address starts being on TikTok. Four locos back in stores. <laughs> 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 Instead of the American flag behind every video he makes, it's just like cans of LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> Man. All right. Is that it? Is there any uh, problematic aspects of this other than the entire thing? <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, I, I'd say this is one of the less problematic movies we've seen. I think it just pushes a very dangerous ideology, yeah, which is right-wing capitalism. It's weird that, like... Yeah, they only say one racist thing, and it's about their allies. <laughs> yeah, they're just shitting on the Chinese who have apparently had their backs Yeah, like in this, this movie, conflict. How is this movie less racist and less sexist than Hellraiser? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I guess, yeah, America, fuck yeah. Yeah, I think you summed it up. America, <laughs> fuck yeah. Thank you for watching. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in Sweet Home Alabama, baby. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Give us a, hey, don't stop that. Give us a review on... Apple Podcasts, uh, if there's any girls that want to write my name on their boobs, just don't. And uh, you gotta, and come to my show at the comic strip. 
some Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. Me and Brad have shows pretty much alternating Wednesdays at the comic strip. You can come and it'll be me or Brad calling shots. Come watch me open for John Doerr, November 24th and 25th. Come watch that. Come to Mondays at the comic strip in September in December when me and Brad take some shit over. Oh, yeah. We got some fucking big shows we're going to be announcing pretty soon. So Yeah. And you're going to be in Vancouver soon, too. I am going to be in Vancouver. Hey, if we have any listeners in Vancouver, come to the comic strip. Uh, or nope. not the comic strip. Come to the House of Comedy in New Westminster, uh, November 25th to 30th. And you'll see me and uh, our other friend, Marito Lopez, telling jokes. It'll fucking rule. Who's headlining? I forget. It doesn't matter. Don't come for that guy. Marito's funnier than whoever. Yeah, headlined. seriously. <laughs> the show's just going to be, it'll rule for me and Marito. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Mwah.